Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever noticed that I rarely cover any kind of projects that are pre-launch? That's mainly because I feel a responsibility as a quote-unquote influencer within the space. Although I don't have millions of people following me and paying attention to everything that I do in my wallet or what I mint or what I like or which projects I follow, I do feel some sort of responsibility and I'm very cautious about what I talk about, especially pre-mint. Reason being, pre-mint projects have the most risk. It doesn't matter which chain, what type of project it is, if you're buying into a project on the mint, That is where the most risk is. And the last thing that I would absolutely want is to share something, get someone really excited, they buy into it, and it turns out to be a rug pull. Or even if it's not a rug pull, it's just a complete disaster. That team had no idea what they were doing, the funds were wasted, and they didn't deliver on anything on that roadmap. So with that said, I'm very cautious about mentioning any kind of pre-mint projects. The market has slowed down quite a bit However, at one point, I was getting requests daily to promote this. We want to sponsor you with this. Would you like to have 25, 30% of this? All sorts of different things. And I just ignored all of them. That's really not my thing either. So how do NFT content creators and influencers make money? That's what we're going to take a look at today. And I'll even share some things about me, give you some insight as to how I'm building my Web3 business. So primarily, when you hear about NFT influencers, it sort of gives you like this icky feeling as if, you know, these are the scum of the earth. These are the worst people in the world. But generally speaking, anyone that's really in this space right now at this point, it doesn't matter what your following is. Just as long as you're talking about this stuff and you're sharing it with others, by definition, technically, you are an NFT influencer. But when we talk about influencers, we're normally thinking of people that fall in the category of having very high followers and anything they tweet out really influences their purchase. Of course, influencers, right? So when we're talking about the worst of the worst, it's normally a paid influencer that gets cash. And I'm not saying all influencers that are paid cash are sleazy or terrible, doing horrible things. But what we've seen over the last couple of months is a lot of influencers that are paid heavy sums either by the tweet or just their involvement to promote a project, say, for a month or so before the mint, and they get a cash payout. And it was crazy. At one point, I was hearing something like some of these guys or gals were getting $25,000 per tweet and something really crazy like that. And even the NFT account that Mark Cuban was behind, that whole thing was shut down. And it was not saying that he was the one sending out the content or anything, but he was on the team or helping to finance everything that was going on. And they were banned on multiple platforms. But I'm just saying that it was just a horrible scene as far as people that were coming into this stuff, not declaring that they were paid, they were sponsored promotions or anything. And they're just saying, hey, I think the next great mint is going to be this. And that's where a lot of people got into trouble. And it just labeled everyone that was really putting out content and doing anything that would be remotely labeled as an NFT influencer as being some sort of con artist. But then also there are people that are paid in NFTs. And the way these are set up, it could be very similar to the cash. The only difference is when you're paid in NFTs, that project or the company behind the project doesn't have to file a W-2 or a 1099 or do any kind of taxes because that influencer, whoever it is that is getting free NFTs, they don't have to really 
deal with all that tax stuff until they go to sell it. And then they're an independent contractor doing their own thing and working for themselves. So they handle all of that. So that is a very popular way that a lot of people are paying, not just for influencers, but in general, even the team of projects, they're paying them in NFTs for that purpose. That they, that way they don't have an employee on the books less paperwork, less taxes. However, some of these influencers are given a percentage of the mint as far as let's say there are 10,000. Well, they might have a budget allocated for 1,000 of those going to various influencers. So when it goes to the moon, in theory, that those influencers can then turn around and sell those at the peak of the market and cash out. So those are the two areas that has really gotten the worst attention. And of course, the spotlight is on there and rightfully so. It is just completely dishonest and horrible for anyone to promote something that they know is on shaky ground, but as long as they get out quickly or they're paid in cash up front, it doesn't matter and they'll promote it. Well, that's why a lot of these influencers are now in court. They're in trouble. Even some A-list celebrities, or I really shouldn't say A-list celebrities because A-list celebrities weren't involved in a lot of these things. I would say B-list and C-list celebrities. <laughs> have found themselves on the chopping block and at the mercy of judges right now. And this thing could possibly really carry some sentences and fines. And rightfully so. If you're paid to promote something and you're rightfully disclosing this, because legally, when you're a promoter, you should say sponsored tweet, sponsored content, or whatever it might be. And that is legal. That won't land anyone into any court or whatever. When they're hiding this and making it look like they are genuinely interested in these things and it turns out that they're only doing it for the financial motive, that's what's getting them in trouble. So quite a few people, I'm not throwing any shade at them that are doing sponsored content, sponsored tweets or videos or a podcast or whatever it might be, if they just label it that this is a sponsored whatever. Or even in a lot of podcasts, you might hear, we are sponsored by so-and-so. Well, that is letting the listener know up front that yes, the reason why we are mentioning this is because this is sponsored content. Otherwise, it is fraud and it is illegal and it is a huge liability for that content creator or influencer. But going back to the legitimate side of things and getting that out of the way and all of the shenanigans that was going on over there, we're talking about the typical person is going to make money from ads, right? Ads are probably the most common and simple way that people can see this happening. And Really, you're going to see that in two areas, either in YouTube or podcast ads. Now, YouTube videos, obviously, they're going to have a Google AdSense and all that, and it's going to be split with the royalty. No need to explain that. People see how YouTube works. That is an easy one. So that is how a lot of these crypto influencers and NFT influencers are being paid. It's because that is actually a very high paying market. So let's say you are doing just a general vlog type of content or you're doing something very simple and basic like electronics. You know, a lot of people like to review those different things. Well, guess what? Those categories don't pay out very well. What does pay out very well is financial stuff. So in the case of crypto, these exchanges and so forth, well, now things are just terrible and a lot of them are going bankrupt and they're in trouble themselves, but they were paying out very high. So a lot of people that were creating YouTube videos and running ads, they might only have, let's say, a thousand views or whatever it might be, but then they were making more money than people that had millions of views just doing pranks or something of that nature because those are just general ads and they were showing ads of all sorts of different things and not very responsive. However, the ones that were doing NFT content and putting out this stuff and let's say an exchange that wanted you to sign up to start buying crypto, open an account, they were paying a very high amount because they knew they were going to make it on the back end and they knew a lot of money was involved. So they were willing to pay those people very high. So YouTube ads in very niche markets with a specific 
responsive audience tends to make a lot of money. You don't necessarily need a massive following for that or subscribers or view count or anything, and you can be a lot more profitable than some of the biggest channels. But on podcast, it is pretty much the standard way of doing podcast ads, which obviously I don't. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I don't have any ads running in my podcast or actually any sponsored content for that matter either. But normally, there's two ways of getting sponsored or getting making money on podcast content as far as running ads. Either A, the company is going to pay you based on the amount of downloads or listeners that you have. And the only way to really track that is by downloads. So they'll do a CPM, which is cost per mil or cost per thousand downloads, not million. So a company might say, okay, well, we're going to pay you $100 for every time you run this ads per 1000 downloads or whatever it might be. Or if it is a very responsive, very established podcaster, they can say, no, I know my audience is very responsive. This is very specific to what I'm offering. And instead of doing this whole CPM cost per 1000 downloads, what I'm going to do is I'll run this ad for this amount of time and it's going to cost that a flat rate dollar, right? So that is two ways of ads on podcasts, how these influencers can make money from that. Now, I'm saying these influencers, I'm talking a lot of third person because everything I've mentioned so far are things that I don't do. And I'm not knocking it. It's just that I have a very different business model, a different approach, and I've sacrificed a lot of money upfront because I'm thinking long-term. So getting a little bit more into how I'm thinking, how this content actually propel me and how I've been able to not make a killing, but definitely have made some money off of this. So now we're gonna take a look at some of the things that I do. And it's a little bit more personal towards me and I don't have to continuously speak about the third person. However, the one thing that I will mention is Patreon. That is one way that I could possibly use. I don't know if I'm going to, but it's possible I might. And Patreon is just basically, you're setting up some benefits and some different things for people, whether that is merchandise or exclusive access or whatever it is. And if they support you and your content, then they can pledge monthly, whether it is $5, $2, whatever. You can set it up to be literally anything. And in return, you give them something, whether it is hearing episodes or seeing videos or Zoom calls, merchandise, anything that you could possibly think of, you can do that through Patreon. However, I haven't set that up, have considered it, but not necessarily. Over on Twitter, a lot of people don't know this, but you can actually donate crypto right there on the Twitter profile. If you look on the top of the profile next to the name area, there is a little cash looking button. Well, if you click that, you can send people crypto. Most people don't even realize that. I do have that set up. However, since it is in Bitcoin and I think ETH, that is just not something that you're just sending out regularly. I think personally they should set that up to have WAX and ADA and Soul and some other ones, but that's another story for itself. I can do a whole entire episode on how I think Twitter can better help these creators to stay engaged and what have you. But the thing that I have been able to get is some gifts. A lot of people have sent me different things. So the first person to give me anything was someone that I know both online and offline. So I don't really count this as much, but hey, I'm gonna have to mention it anyways because support is support. This is the person that actually tried to get me into crypto for the longest time. However, I just wasn't interested in it at the time. And it wasn't until discovering NFTs coming into this space that I really saw the value of everything on the blockchain. And of course, that point I turned to him and said, great, you got to come into NFTs now. You've been telling me about crypto, but now I'm going to tell you about NFTs. Well, anyways, he found the value in the Crow ecosystem, which is something that I was not in. That's the crypto.com, their wallet and their DeFi protocol and all of that. Well, he got me into that, sent me some Crow, sent me some NFTs over there to really get started. And it's a different world over there. And it is Ethereum based. However, that is their own 
blockchain, very low gas fees, the tokens very low, and it's just uh, very interesting. So he got me into that. So thank you for that. Then also, a 50 who is the founder of Apocalyptic Apes gave me an Apocalyptic Queen. So I was grateful for that. That was awesome. JTunes gave me a Skull Kid. That was one of his friends' project, I believe. And they were doing some sort of promotion and what have you. So I ended up getting one from him. That was a couple months ago. And then as far as listeners go, true supporters, Double G has sent me some chibis and I absolutely appreciate that. So if you're listening to this, thank you again. But primarily the main way that I am quote unquote paid as far as creating content, being an influencer, what have you, is people give me a lot of tips and alpha. So yeah, sure, I have to spend my own money to get into these projects. However, the fact that people are bringing all this information to me, letting me know ahead of time so I can come in at a very cheap rate and then watch it go up, I think it's just great. And that is how I've been getting a lot of my tips. So for the most part, I've been paid in information more than I have been paid in monetary value. So you might be wondering, well, this does not sound like a business whatsoever. How is this anything that is so profitable? Because at that point, you've named some NFTs, but nothing is like, you know, thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. So how is this going to be a business? So primarily, anyone that creates content, as I said, there is going to be either that you're promoting something or you're promoting yourself. And primarily, as far as building a business, I think if you are a marketer such as myself, I came from a marketing background. I think promoting yourself and whatever it is that you're working on eventually is going to be much more rewarding, much more profitable than just, you know, doing these one-off promotions and you know, getting ads and all those different things as if, you know, you're spon- like a sponsored influencer. I think if you have your own products such as books or courses, that is something that you can control the quality of. You can, of course, deliver that. You can give the quality assurance. In theory, you know that you're not a rug pull. So you can put out certain things and know that you're going to deliver for the customers. So when you're creating your content to promote that within it, I think is much more profitable and sustainable in the long run. Also, if you're not someone who has a product, but you have a service, you can use that on the back end to make money. So for example, if you are a public speaker, getting on stages and doing different things like that, going to events, well, having content, whether it be video or podcast or whatever it is that you're putting out is going to market your speaking business. And the first person that comes to mind when I think of this is Brian Fanzo. I think of his speaking business. And of course, he has a podcast. I reference it many times. So people can listen to his podcast, hear him as a speaker, and then invite him to their conference or whatever it might be to speak about NFTs or whatever topic that it is that he was speaking about in his podcast that really struck a chord with them. If you're a consultant, You can offer various services to whether it be businesses or projects or whatever is launching. Then I know a lot of quote unquote NFT influencers that then take on the role of consultant and they're being paid to advise various projects on different things. Now, one caveat with that, I think you should not be a consultant for NFT projects unless you have ran and launched NFT projects. But that's just me. That's what I personally think. I'm sure there's somebody out there that is consulting NFT projects that has never been on the inside of it, but hey, that's them. So all of these areas right here is something that I would possibly uh, consider doing. Of course, um, I, I don't know exactly how I'm going to roll this out, when it is. It all depends on the market, what people tell me that they need. And I don't want to just put something out, create it and try to monetize it or build some business based on how I feel or what I like to do necessarily, how I feel or just what I want for myself. No, 
I want to be able to serve people at the best level and enjoy what I'm also doing. So that is why I put out the content. I interact with people and based on the need of whatever it is that's out there, then I'll adjust and adapt and say, hey, you know, I have a solution for that. So that is my whole long-term goal on how I'm building this business through the content or even in the fact that through having this podcast, spending time with JTunes in spaces for hours and hours to get a feel of his project then deciding to buy one of his NFTs, then inviting him onto the podcast. And months after the fact, is just hanging out with the hoodlums and everything, he realized that we have very complementary skill sets. And he said, you know, I would really like for you to be on the team. And so if you've heard the episode when I announced that, hey, I'm going to be a part of the hoodlums and what have you, well, that's how all that came out. Of course, Jay has been creating over a year and what have you. So through having all of this, and honestly, if I was not creating this content and actively looking for amazing people to bring on to interview and what have you, odds are I probably would never have discovered him. So now it's just pretty cool to see that, okay, we're going to be on a team together and I'm helping him build something great because he has an amazing vision. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please listen to episode number 197. So in the five months since airing that episode or releasing that episode, I said airing as if this is a television, but during that time, I've really become good friends with him. Just hanging out with him in spaces, speaking about different things, collecting his art, and even giving some away has been an amazing experience. And as far as me creating content, that is something that I thought would have been just amazing for the project. And bridging all that together, our skill sets, of course, my marketing background, the content creation, what have you, I thought, you know what would be a very cool idea? If I turn this into some behind the scenes content of launching a project, because as I said, I don't really speak about pre-launch projects. However, I think it would be very cool to really hear what's going down, what sort of decision making is going into the projects, how everything comes together. And I thought, well, you know what, as we're building this thing out, getting ready for a launch, how cool would it be to just document all of this and put this out there for everyone to really learn from it, whether they are just curious as to what goes into a project, how much work it actually is, or they want to learn so they could, they, they could launch their own project. I thought that would have been very cool. So going forward, we're going to actually build in public. So what does that exactly mean? It's just sharing exactly what we're doing, what we're working on, and how all of this is coming together, the type of people that we're meeting, interacting with. And of course, full disclosure up there, as I've just said, since I'm a part of the team, this is the type of thing that I know that I can stand behind because at the end of the day, I am in there. I'm in there seeing what's going on. I know the inner workings, what have you. And if I put my name on it, of course, I am doxxed. I have no issues of sharing what's going on with this project. So if this is the type of thing that you're very interested in, just hearing about, just stay tuned because I'm definitely going to give you the behind the scenes of what's going on as far as launching this project goes. And of course, that whole thing, just sharing all of that is not something that I'm doing as like, oh, this is my new shill, how I'm going to sell out this project. No, the reason why I'm sharing this is because I'm creating this content anyways. It is called Nifty Business, right? And what better way to show about the Nifty Business, what goes on in the NFT business than actually to reveal the whole inner workings, the backstage of everything as a project is launching. And I personally have never consumed any kind of content like that. And I would love to share this stuff, take you guys on the journey with us. And whether or not you end up minting or buying any of his art or anything, it, I think the value that you'll get from just listening to the content, hearing how we're doing all of this and how we're thinking about all this, the thought and energy, everything that goes into it will be beneficial to you. So we're excited to have you on this journey with us. And Thank you for listening to this, even as I was sharing all this information about how influencers in the space might be making money. And again, 
I'm not throwing shade on anyone that is running ads or taking payouts or anything of that nature. As long as it's upfront, everything is disclosed and you know exactly what you're getting into when you're dealing with that influencer. I think nothing is wrong with that. And some people might say, oh, I'm only saying these things because I don't have millions of followers and everything will change. And I truly don't believe that. It is, first of all, illegal to not disclose those things. But secondly, it is just dishonest. So I felt that way when I had a hundred followers. I feel that way when I have a thousand followers and I truly believe I'll feel that way when I have a million followers. But speaking of behind the scenes and staying in the loop, if you're interested in some other articles and topics that I might not necessarily cover on this show, the best way to do that is at niftybusinessweek.com. I have a newsletter that comes out weekly and there's all sorts of different things that I might cover, not some stories and business angles and everything that I might not put into a full episode. That is a great place to do it. It's absolutely free. You can sign up for that either by going to the top of my Twitter profile or at niftybusinessweek.com. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.